1: Nation, welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press, episode number 21. We're going to be breaking down the Eric Bledsoe trade, week three of NBA action, and uh, I just watched Lonzo Ball get utterly embarrassed by Marcus Smart at the rim. Marcus Smart was just like, nah, son, get that out of here. <laughs> that seems Marcus to be Smart a common like theme that. throughout the first three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's what's going on, Joel?
2: What's going on,
1: guys? Uh, not much, man. Jawan, what's good, my friend?
3: Uh, nothing much. Uh, the play you were talking about by Marcus Smart, it was nowhere near as embarrassing as what Kyrie just did to them. By losing – well, not just did to him, but what he did earlier. Losing possession, gaining it back, and hitting a layup on him. Guy's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kyrie's just – he's balling, man. He's hitting his strides. Um – so I wanted to start off uh just with a little little tongue in cheek action. Uh so I, I watched a really funny video, I know both of you guys have seen it thus far, um of uh Jimmy Butler falling out of a canoe and screaming like falling into less <laughs> than a foot of water. So I wanted to ask, what's more embarrassing? That or uh LeBron James's meme game, which is like circa two thousand sixteen I guess. He's about a year behind. Um well, just real quick, Joelle, what's more embarrassing?
2: Uh, when you first brought it up to me, I, I was I was I was torn. But after thinking about it, I guess Jimmy Butler's <laughs> little panic attack, <guitar> <laughs> falling off the boat was a little more embarrassing. <laughs> relax,
1: man. <laughs> yeah, that that scream, man, that shit. uh oh, that was so funny, Joanne. What's more embarrassing? <laughs>
3: uh I'm going to actually go with LeBron in the whole meme thing, uh, mainly because I am the worst swimmer and I've almost drowned before. So <laughs> it could be a sprinkle of water and I would probably have the same reaction. So I'm definitely going with LeBron's passive aggressive childish behavior of,
2: uh, of his memes.
3: I'll go with that one.
1: All right. Yeah. Ooh. I'm, uh, I'm going to split the difference. I think they're both equally embarrassing. Um, but I, I if I had to pick one, I, I think I'm gonna go with a bronze meme game, man. If you're gonna if you're gonna use memes, like if you're gonna make that part of your like uh social media vernacular, like then come on man, you need to step it up. Get some get some hotter memes, man. Like you, you, there's pages, there's plenty of pages. Go find go find some pages. Get get some people to share you some better memes. Um, but anyway, let's jump into it guys. Finally, 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 Eric Bletso Got traded a couple days ago from Phoenix to Milwaukee in exchange for Greg Monroe, a protected 2018 first round pick, and a 2018 second round pick. Um, let's just start it off with uh, with the Bucks. Um, I mean, obviously, this is a huge win for the Bucks. Um, what do you think this means for them uh, going forward, uh, not only this season but you know in the, in the future? Uh, let's start with you, Juwan.
3: Uh, I think this is huge for the Bucks. Uh, I've been saying for the longest uh, what Giannis has been doing to start the season. It, it's 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 a lot on him, uh, and him being so so young at uh, at the idea of scoring at this high capacity. Uh, he needs someone to help take the pressure off of him. Middleton's not uh, consistent enough uh, to be that guy, and we're still waiting for Jabari. We don't even know what he's going to be like when he gets back. Uh, so Bledsoe can definitely help. Uh, take some of that pressure off of Giannis. Also, he could be the facilitator. I, I, uh, I did hear Jason Kidd said one of the biggest things he's going to work on was Bledsoe him becoming more of a facilitator. Uh, we know the intangibles that he comes with uh, very fierce defense, very underrated defense, actually, uh, mm-hmm. and he's definitely a scoring threat. So all you need him to do is, and we're not talking become passive just, you know, uh, be aggressive when need be. But remember, the number one guy is still Giannis. So get him in his spots. Get Middleton in his spots. Get these guys open uh, for a, a higher percentage of, uh, of a shot. Um, but this is definitely huge for them. I don't know what it means long term. I don't know if he'll stay there long term. Um, but as far as this season alone, it's definitely a really good look for them. And it all that does is Add to the threat of what the Bucks most definitely could be this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I just think it'll be super interesting to see, like, just how they they figure out this lineup because they are stacked with talent. Like, they have um, a lot of right now talent. They have some good future talent. If everything kind of works works itself out, um, especially with Don Maker, like. He's kind of one of the biggest question marks, but the guy has just so much raw potential, so much raw skill. Um, Joel, uh, what do you think this means for the Bucks this season? Um, do you see them as, as potential contenders in the East now with this move? Um, and also, like, how do you think uh, Jason Kidd can kind of best utilize this lineup both now, while you don't have Jabari Parker in, and also when, you know, Jabari Parker comes back.
2: I think this is a great trade for the Bucks. Uh They got the better player, obviously, in the deal. Uh So, like, Eric Bledsoe is going to – I mean, look, I think he's an underrated point guard just in general because he does literally everything and anything. So, he's like, he can defend, he can pass, he can shoot, he can take it to the basket. He's a little short, but really doesn't mean anything because the boy can ball. And – I think it's a great compliment to what the Bucks are trying to do. Now, he's not there, because if you notice, the Bucks lineup is a very long, lanky, uh, and they like that, stretchy type of guys. Now, he's not that, but he's definitely an upgrade over for what, what they got now. My question is, um, are they going to start Brogdon with Bledsoe, or are they going to bring him off the bench? Because now, without Monroe, they don't really have a six-man. Not that they ha- had one, because Monroe's been hurt the last couple games, but He's usually been the offense with that off the bench, so now they got to figure out where they're going to get their offense off the bench. At least at least until Jabari Parker comes back and figure out what the lineups are going to be there. But I think Jason Kidd is going to be good for Bledsoe because Bledsoe is a good point guard and uh, one of the better point guards of all time is Jason Kidd. I can't imagine he's going to hurt Bledsoe's production and uh, his development. So i I'm really I just want to see them play at this point and see what they could do with him because I think he's going to be a major help for the Milwaukee Bucks.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I I I agree with you as far as like how do you how do you work in Brogdon? Do you, do you start him? Um, you know, I th- I feel like right now they're 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 best starting like if you want to put all of the best players on the floor that they have at their disposal who can you know kind of play at least close to their position. I, I think you have to. I think you would put in Brogdon at the two. And then you know slide Middleton to the three, which he's more than capable of playing. Uh, Giannis to the four, which he's more than capable of playing. And then probably at this point in time, John Henson. I mean, I, I, Thon. Yeah. uh, I mean, I know, I know, Thon has been starting, um, but I don't, I don't know. Well, no. um,
2: John has been starting the last two or three games
1: the last two or three games. Okay, yeah. I know I know uh that Fawnmaker maker was starting earlier in the season.
4: Yeah. Um, er- but yeah, like, year, I think
1: yeah. yes. Yeah, I, I think Henson's, is, is he's the more reliable guy. What see what I think will be so interesting is okay, w- one I I think you're best suited bringing Brogdon off the bench. Um mainly I mean he can you can put him in the starting lineup, but I say he's, he's you you sit him down first. And then you bring him bring bring him back once Giannis is off the court. Um and you can kinda of do that with Bledsoe as well. So you can kind of uh you know, pick whichever one you want to go with in that role, but I do think they could utilize him in kind of a six man role because he's so versatile. Um with Bledsoe, um, he is only six one, but the dude's got like a six seven wingspan. So like, um that's another thing. He can guard, you know, uh ones and twos fairly easily. Um, so I don't know. It'll just be, it'll be really interesting. And I think what will be even more interesting is how do they construct their lineup when Jabari Parker gets back? Cause if you want to put your most talented people on the floor, um, you know, to, to, we'll say this, cause I, I think starters is not really as important as your closers. Cause in, in the last five minutes of the game, you want to have your best players out on the floor. Um, so, like, in my opinion right now, regardless of position, if once Jabari Parker gets back, your best five players are Bledsoe, Brogdon, Middleton, uh, Giannis, and then uh, Jabari. And so, but do, do you think Giannis could play the, the center position in a small ball lineup? I mean, he certainly he certainly has the length and the height to do it, Um I just don't know if he's – that might be just a little too physically demanding of him um, defensively, you know, in my opinion. Um, Juwan, what do you think about that, and, and how how would you kind of try to construct this lineup? Um, would you maybe use Jabari Parker as kind of a six-man?
3: Uh, I would definitely use Jabari as a six-man. Uh, like I said, him coming off this uh, second injury – Um, you don't know how he's coming back. So you definitely don't want to just lodge him into the starting lineup. Uh, Definitely if the team is playing well, uh, you know, around the time he gets back, if that's working, you stick to what works. Uh, No matter what Jabari feels as though he should be, you keep the team, uh, you know, in that winning formula. You just have him come off the bench. uh, And if things change, then you change with it. But uh, as far as Giannis playing at the five, I think if KP can play at the five, Giannis most definitely should be able to. I think Giannis is actually has a better build uh, than Porzingis does to, uh, to take being at that five. Uh, it, it's also a, a, a league now, so where only like three people actually back you down in the post, so you don't really have to defend the five uh, that much. You just have to be able to get out uh, in case like you play a, a golden state, and Draymond's your five. You have to be able to get out, or if Demarcus goes to the three, you got to be able to get out. Um, so Giannis definitely can can keep up. So I don't think that's the biggest issue. Excuse me. I just don't think you want him playing your center that often. But it's definitely right. something he should be able to do. Because uh, I know the the biggest thing about Porzingis, everyone was saying, is he should kind of grow into that five position. Uh, I I disagree. I think he should stay where he's at, especially now that Melo's gone. Um, mm-hmm. Stay where he's at. But as far as Giannis, he has the body to be able to to go against those kind of guys. And like I said, you don't have any more shacks. You don't have anybody that's banging into his chest, uh, you know, 60, 70 times a game. So I don't think that's really an issue for him uh, as far as that. But like I said, Jabbar should definitely come off the bench uh, looking to possibly be that sixth man. Uh, but like I said, it just makes me nervous because you don't know how he's gonna come back.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, um, and I think that's a you know a very valid point of concern, and I think that probably has a lot to do with why they you know went ahead and and pulled the trigger on and getting a guy like Bledsoe. Uh, never mind the fact that they didn't have to give up Brogdon to do it. Um, so I want to I want to kind of switch gears and talk about Phoenix, um, and not just Phoenix, but like. The Phoenix and uh, every other team that should have been in the mix or was in the mix for Bledsoe, um, what Phoenix got and what other teams could have offered doesn't doesn't seem to jive with me, and that's kind of been a theme, kind of going on like throughout um, this, both the off season and even into this season now with this trade, is you know how do you value your assets? And obviously Phoenix drove down Eric Bledsoe's value. Everybody knew that he, was, he wasn't he was going to be in Phoenix much longer, so that, that drove his trade value down. Um, but I, I still find it surprising that, you know, you didn't have Denver, say, offer, you know, Moutier and Fareed, which I feel like would have been the offer that I would have taken had I been the Suns. Um, you don't need – you don't need like a a you know number twenty pick in next year's draft, like you just don't you don't know exactly what's going to be there, sure if it's like a if it's like a top pick, yeah fine, um, but you just don't need uh, something and and with the weird protections on this pick you're not even really sure when it's going to convey so um, so I guess my my question Joel, is um, do you think Phoenix got enough and w- Like, if you're a GM of, you know, one of the other five or six teams that didn't land Eric Bledsoe, who were, you know, trying to land Eric Bledsoe, you got to be kicking yourself, right?
2: You want to think so, considering, at least on the surface, it looks like they got shit. But, I mean, what I was, uh, when I said, when I saw it originally was, they they basically got uh, a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and cap relief. Because they're probably not going right. to keep Greg Monroe. They're going to – they'll probably yeah. either buy him out or trade him off to someone else for something else. Um, yeah, I don't think they'll buy what, him out. To, I mean, he's – because he's yeah. only
1: – I mean, they'll just keep him around for the rest of the year.
2: Yeah, they could do that. But I'm just saying, those, like, those are options for them if he doesn't yeah. want to it, You know, just, Like, what is it with the Phoenix, right. really? So it's like one of those moments where other teams – I, I don't know what they were offering. Like, did they want to give up a first-round pick? Like, what teams were willing to give up a first-round pick? Yeah, that, I mean, like, what, what were the? I don't even know what were the protections on those. Cause I forgot already. You
1: remember? Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was. It was like if four, if the pick falls like number four through sixteen, then it'll go mm-hmm. to. Um, then it would be conveyed, but chances are, I mean, it's not going to fall in that range this this year, and then I think next year it's like eight to twenty. Um, something like our four to twenty, something like that, um, and then mm-hmm. the following year I think it's eight to twenty, and then the year after that it's unprotected. So, but like that's a okay. you could potentially see this pick not be conveyed for like three or four drafts. Like that's three drafts. Right. So that's that's really crazy. That's really strange to me. Um, the protections on this pick, and I don't think I don't think that was um, I don't think that was Milwaukee. I think that was Phoenix trying to maximize the position at at which, you know, they they end up picking, um, which I I kind of understand. But then again, it's like, man, why wouldn't you rather just get Emmanuel Moutier? Like I feel like that had to be on the table. I I don't know. I mean, maybe not. But, I mean, I feel like you you got a guy in Farid who doesn't want to be there and you don't have any use for him. And then you got a guy in Moutier who just hadn't quite lived up to what you wanted out of him um like to me that that would be a better offer um than what they got even even with the picks you know yeah i
2: get it uh, i don't know. i mean it is what it is they 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 got what they got so it's, they they sent them home and they got back pretty much not exactly what they wanted but they got something they got a pick they got cap relief and an extra second round pick to make all the money work and shit so uh, i mean it is what it is i mean i'm not sure what else they were getting offered and i know they wanted a lot so I mean, it's kind of on them.
1: Yeah, well, and that's the moral of the story. Don't uh, you would think that everybody would have learned this after the Phil Jackson fiasco? Um, don't devalue yeah. your own players, <laughs> right? Yeah. Am I yeah. am I wrong, Juwan? Like, it, shouldn't that lesson have been learned already? <laughs> uh, yeah,
3: <laughs> we learned that lesson the the hardest of anybody. But um, I think a lot of NBA teams right now, or after that trade went to their their top players and were like, are you happy? Are we good? You're not going to come out with a tweet or something in the paper that right. now we got to trade you and not get shit for you, right? Like, we're good, right? Uh, no, but, uh, I, I mean, I'm with Joel. I don't know what was offered, but I find it very hard to believe that if something that appealing was offered, they wouldn't take it. Uh, but, I mean, at this point, you just really have no idea – what this entire Phoenix organization wants to do. Like, a lot of teams that you see trying to rebuild, well, except for the 80 years the Sixers were rebuilding, but usually in the (laughs) NBA when you see a team rebuilding, you have a clear idea on what they're trying to do. Like, if they have a top center, they're looking for a top point guard to pair with it, or vice versa, or a wing guy, uh, you kind of have an idea. Phoenix has, like, a wing guy, a forward, and that's it. So are you looking to get a point guard? Because if Moutier was available, why wouldn't you go get Moutier? Uh, Especially if you could have paired up and got Farid. Um, So, you know, there's a lot of what they're doing that just doesn't really make any sense. But this is an organization that since Steve Nash has not made any sense about anything, really. Uh, You know, letting go of, of Dragic and really a lot of what you thought their future could have been. Uh, the organization itself is very confusing, but I will say the NBA, uh, in a whole, is most definitely talking to their star players and making sure everything is okay and that the climate is cool because they don't want to they don't want to run into what the Knicks did or what the Suns just did. So I think the Cavs, Boy, is, Cavs is the best example. Well, I think the Cavs no. is the best example of your star player wanting to leave, but you not being shafted. Because if Isaiah right. comes back and that team still goes to the finals and at least goes seven games with the Warriors, we're not looking at that as, as a stupid trade, you know, uh, anymore. And they still have that draft pick, so right. the, the Cavs aren't aren't really in that that conversation. But if it doesn't work, because Crowder's still not kind of gotten into rhythm of that team, so if it doesn't work, then you're kind of looking at it like. Thank God you got a pick out of it because nothing else works. Uh, but yeah, I think a lot of the NBA teams now are just they're checking the climate now. Uh, so you know, this definitely is shaking up things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I want to throw one more thing out there, um, just because you guys know how I am. Um, I always make trades more complicated than they need to be. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna throw, let, 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 bear with me here. I'm just gonna throw this out there. Um, I think. I, and I don't understand why both teams would not would not have just thought of this. Um, I would have thrown in Jared Dudley going to Milwaukee. They need a little bit more depth with Parker out for, you know, at least the first half of the season. Um, you know, you got Middleton, who can obviously play uh, some two and some three. You got Giannis, who can play some three and some four. But, I mean, after those two guys, you don't really have anybody else who can play the three? I mean, Teletovic. That guy's more of a four. He, he can't. Not really athletic enough to play the three. Uh, Tony Snell can kind of, but he's really more of a two. Um, and I just don't see any need at this point for Del Vidova. Um I mean, you got you got Giannis who can handle the ball. You got Bledsoe who can handle the ball. You got Brogdon who can handle the ball. That would have just made sense to me. Dudley's got two years left on his deal, so it gives. Um, gives them a little bit of cap relief as far as when they need to uh, try to re-sign Middleton. You would have both Dudley and Teletovich coming off the books, so that would help out financially. Um, and then, you know, as far as Phoenix, I, mean, I understand Mike James, you know, he's been playing pretty well. Um, but, you know, Mike James and, and Ulyss are, you know, both young, both inexperienced. It would be fitting and, and probably a, a good thing for them to have picked up um, especially since they're losing a point guard to pick up a guy like Matthew Dell um it, 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 it is Is my logic at least sound, uh, Joel?
2: Your logic is perfectly fine. It makes all the sense in the world. The only thing is, is why
1: I wasn't done. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, like I said, like what I was trying to say is like, it's probably the reason they weren't even thinking that far. they just, they got the bare bones. They didn't want to add more contracts to it. And like Dudley's not even getting any minutes this year on a, on a kind of a up and kind like a young team. And right. Dellavedova is useful, but he's coming off the bench. And yeah, now it's gonna be overcrowded. But he could definitely play with next to Brogdon if it came down to it. So it
1: is what it is, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jawan, what are your thoughts?
3: Uh, yeah, no, I agree with Joel. Uh, it definitely makes sense. I do know Jason Kidd loves the scrappiness of uh, Della Vadova. So I can sure. see how, you know, you don't want to get rid of it if you don't have to. Um, you know, the trade deadline isn't for a long time, so Della Vadova could still be moved. Um, I guess he wants to see how it all works, uh, and I think we'll see the first example of it's sometime this week, I think is Bledsoe's first game, maybe tomorrow or something. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, 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 I understand it. And if you see what Dele Vadova brings to the game, uh, he's not that flashy kind of guy that gives you numbers or anything, but he's very scrappy. Um, and, and that's a good defensive trait to have. So I can see why Kid finds him useful. Uh, but I do think that at some point, you know that trade will be made, and
1: he'll probably
3: unload uh, Delavado
2: somewhere.
1: Yeah, I, I I think so as well. I mean, if they can, you know, I mean, it's gonna, um, it's, it's gonna come down to you know finding the right uh right situation. Um, but to me, that would have made a lot of sense. Um, but you know, it's, it's like Joel said, like they weren't not thinking that far ahead, not really too concerned with it, and you know, like. They're just trying, trying to get the deal done. So it makes sense uh, why it was uh, overlooked. Um, but let's move on. Um, the Cavs look like shit this year. <laughs> I'm just going to say it, man. Sure. Like um, I think, Jawan, you said earlier, even even in that win against Milwaukee, they didn't look really good. I mean, they ended, they won the game. But they just – they even in some of their wins, they don't look good. Um, which, you know, I guess, you know, if you win the game, it doesn't really matter how you look. But um, but obviously we're, you know, projecting down the road for this team. Um, what what can they do to rank the ship? I mean, if anything, I mean, um, obviously, you know, when Isaiah Thomas comes back, that's going to be huge. But, like, uh is there? Is, is, do they need to make some kind of move? Do they need to? Is it just effort? Is it just the fact that they don't? They just don't care. Um, Joel, what are you? What are your thoughts on the Cavaliers? Is, is there something that you can see that you think that they need to do in order to right the ship? Is everything, you know, just fine and dandy? Because we're only ten games, ten eleven games into the season. Like, what? Just what's your assessment on the Cavs right now? I
2: wouldn't say fine and dandy. They look bad since like preseason they've been looking not good. Uh and a lot right. of it has to do with defense. They're not really defending. Uh Crowder hasn't really found his his groove there in Cleveland. It's just awkward. And like since like they went the small ball route, they went back to Tristan. Now Tristan got hurt and that didn't help. Uh and they have really no bigs after Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love. So it's kinda of just Wing City. And they just don't play Wing City that well. And I think that's the issue right now. Like they don't get enough production from, like, their other guys. Like, J- I find the, the reason they won yesterday is because J.R. Smith finally 20 points this year. Like, I don't remember. I, don't, I think it was the first time he did that all season. which is, like, you need more from Jr. Smith. Dwayne Wade. You need more from Dwayne Wade. Like, you need – I don't know what's going on, but it can't be all LeBron all the time. Like, they need to step up, really. He's like, his his cast needs to step up. Like, he don't – I know he doesn't get his assist by accident, so somebody's got to make a shot. Like, uh, I'm I just – not sure. They're just out of out of sync. Like it's just what it is right now. I mean, they win here and there, whether they feel like it. Like they play the Wizards, they beat the Wizards, they go beat the Bucks. Okay, cool. But like they won maybe two of the last five games and shit. And that's like you can't have the game that LeBron had the other day where it was like a crazy triple double, which is an amazing game by the way, for him. And come out and lose mm-hmm. to the Hawks the next game. You can't do that. You can't do that. Right. It's just wrong. It's just it's just it's fucking it's, – it's weird. Now, I'm waiting for Isaiah Thomas to get there. I uh, like Isaiah. I think he's going to be a big spark for them. But um, until then, like, LeBron needs a, 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 a help. <laughs> like, he needs scoring help, yeah. and he needs defensive help, you know. So, maybe they can make a move to get another another big in there to help him out. But until then, I mean, they are what they are, and it is what it is.
1: Yeah, well, and I think, too um... – it's, I mean, it's interesting. They could have definitely benefited off, off acquiring Eric Bledsoe, but they didn't really have yeah. the pieces to acquire Eric Bledsoe. Like, you're not going to give up that Brooklyn pick for Eric Bledsoe. Like, that's just too much to right. give up for Eric Bledsoe. And if you're not right. throwing in, if they're not including that Brooklyn pick, what do you really have to deal? Like that the Suns would legitimately want. Like, you don't really have anything else. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's 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 a tough situation. Because um, I mean, they've kind of constructed their roster, and and now it's just wait until Isaiah gets back. I mean, that kind of seems like what what's going on, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I think you're absolutely right. Like they uh, they they need they need other players to step up because LeBron can't do it himself. Um, I thought another um, another very important. Uh, uh, deal with them winning against Milwaukee was Kevin Love stepping up. I mean, Kevin Love had like 32 yeah. points at 16 boards and they finally like unleashed him and let him play inside. Like he's, I, I, I heard, um, uh, I heard somebody say, uh, earlier today, like, um, he's not Ryan Anderson. <laughs> he doesn't like, yeah. why are you trying to make him be Ryan Anderson? He's not like, <laughs> let the guy point. go bang in the paint and get some like post points. Cause I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, he can knock down threes, but he's, he's so much, uh, so much more right. effective offensively than just knocking down threes. Um,
2: exactly. Juwan,
1: yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Juwan, like, um, what are your thoughts on everything that has just, you know, been said? <laughs> we'll just keep it simple. I don't need to make it super <laughs> Uh
3: Cavs' biggest issue is um, effort. Uh, you know, them being the worst defensive rated team in history is yeah, effort.
1: I saw that. The yeah. fact,
3: the fact that they have players that are all veterans. Uh, mind you. They're not messing with any rookies. Um, it's effort. It is effort. The, now, a lot has not changed with that roster between last year and this year. I know the key additions, but there weren't a lot of huge subtractions outside of Kyrie. So when you look at it, you, you look at the fact that this team is very content. They've won their chip. They've seen the, the highest of the highs. They feel as though they could start off Owen in in, in 22 and still make it to the finals. This team looks like it has no urgency. It looks like it it leans on LeBron every night and it's like, well, LeBron, you know, if you don't get 30, 11 and 11, we're not going to win. It looks like. And I think Tyrone Lou is showing that he might not be the guy that can coach this team. Albeit, I believe LeBron coaches that team every night. Um, He has a lot of pieces he has no idea how to use. The fact that Kevin Love had that huge breakout game, what makes me laugh about people using the term breakout game, it's not a breakout game. You just have never utilized Kevin Love the way he needs to be utilized. He is not a guy. See, the problem Cleveland had, and that's why I thought it was a huge mistake to get Kevin Love and let go of Wiggins. I get why they did it but I still to this day think it was a mistake. When they got – I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. When LeBron got Kevin Love, I think he was hoping he would be Chris Bosh, someone who would just be okay, being that guy that would only rebound and hit shots when LeBron passed it to him. That's not Kevin Love. And the thing LeBron had to start to realize, or hopefully he's starting to realize, Kyrie and Kevin Love are not Dwayne Wade and Bosh. They're not older guys who, you know – you know, uh, are ready to just make that huge leap to, you know, to start winning. These are guys with egos. These guys are used to one thing. Kyrie is used to ball handling and scoring. So when you try to make him Dwayne Wade to where you need him on the wing and you'll pass it to him when you're ready, that's not who he is. Kevin Love, you telling him to square up in the corner and he'll get it when you pass, that's not who he is. If you want Kevin Love to give you more 30-point games, Give it to him in a post. Let him do what got him that contract. And until so yeah, Cleveland does and that, that it's like that whole the team is going to continue to.
1: Yeah. Like I agree, it, and it, it's your job to 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 put him in a position to fit in. <laughs> like you're the team yeah. leader, bro.
3: I agree, and the the biggest thing is everyone's saying, "Well, when Isaiah gets back, it'll be fixed." No, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry to everyone who thinks that's the easy fix. Isaiah coming back as someone who also does not play defense. Unless you're telling me you have that Tony mentality, to where you're just going to outscore everyone every night. That's still not going to fix the immediate problem. You have to right. you have to sit down, look at what you have, figure out how to uh, maximize the potential of the talent that you currently have. Isaiah, yes, is going to come and come in and be that number two guy to help take off some of the the consistent 30-plus games LeBron has to do just for them just to be in the game, he's going to help with that. Cool. That's fine. But that's not solving the issue. I still don't get how this team with more veterans and guys who understand the game are worse defensively than the team of a bunch of just makeshift guys they had last year. Richard Jefferson. Darren, uh, yeah, Darren Williams I think they had last year. Derek Williams. Those guys were playing defense. Yeah, well, yeah, I know that, but I'm just saying he, he was on the roster. There. <laughs> um, you know that team. That team was playing defense a lot better than this team of guys yeah. that just have to give effort. You don't have anyone yeah, on there hustled, who can't. Bro. He did, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He was a veteran who was like, all right, yeah, we got a ring and everything, but I still come with this intensity every night. When you look at Dwayne yeah. Wade, like he's on the bench, laughing, joking. He's got three rings. Yeah. He could care less. You see Jr. he was upset that he was benched. He could care less. Like, you're just looking at a bunch of guys who just refuse to give effort on a daily basis. And honestly, I don't blame it on LeBron as a leader. I blame it on the organization who has not brought in a proper head coach that will force these guys to play hard every night. LeBron himself, I'm telling you guys, his mindset is leaving this team next year, so he doesn't even care either. I realized LeBron yeah. didn't care about being in Cleveland last year when they asked him after they lost the finals, and his answer was, "Well, I had a triple, I averaged a triple double, so you know." That was him saying, "I did my job. I don't know what these guys were doing, but I showed up to work every night." <laughs> Anytime your star player has the mindset of, "Well, listen, I did my job," that is not a team mentality. That is the mentality of a guy who is either done with that organization, or is just. His mindset is just, listen, I've won. I've really done everything I can do, whatever. So the the best way to fix this Cavs team, fire Tyrone Lu, bring in somebody who won't allow these veterans to just have the veteran mentality of, I don't really care. You know, I'm, I'm more focused on the playoffs. You can't have that. Because then for you to expect this to be fixed come playoffs, that's asking a lot of this team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, to me – I mean, I just think I feel like I get that your focus you know is is obviously the playoffs like I don't think any of us are are sitting here saying that you know they're not gonna make the playoffs in the east, especially the weak ass east that we got right now um mm-hmm. but like it, I think their focus really needs to be gelling and figuring everything out and and restructuring their team to best utilize the talent that is on that team um I, I think maybe you saw a glimpse of it you know last night with with Kevin Love's performance um but but still um it, they've they've played up to their talent and then played down to the talent like <laughs> yeah like you can't you can't lose to Brooklyn uh, New York, even though I know New York's playing well, so don't 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 I mean. bust my ass on that. I mean. um, and I mean. and Atlanta, like you can't you can't lose. To, you put it this way: you can't lose all three of those games. Especially like you can't lose to Brooklyn when you're relying on their pick being valuable. Like you can't take that night off. You know what I mean? Like I mean, I
3: I'll, I'll go even as far as to say you can't lose to Atlanta only to have Kyrie come in the very next day or the, the day after that and beat Atlanta. Show you how, right. how, how a real team <laughs> is supposed to handle business. This
0: Listen, right. I,
3: I'll say this, and it's not like a lot of these reporters are making it a huge deal, and it's not, uh, but I will say Cleveland is starting to realize how important Kyrie was. Now, I right. do believe Isaiah can come fill in and kind of help take some of the pressure off LeBron. But that won't win them games. Their issue isn't they're not scoring enough. Their issue is the other team is scoring too much. They can't right. stop anybody. They're giving they're giving out threes, you know, like there's no tomorrow. Like this team's effort is the issue. But I do think they do look at Kyrie and just go, Damn, I kinda miss when he was doing that. Like LeBron didn't have to average a triple double in the regular season last year with Kyrie. In the finals, yeah, because guys weren't showing up. But Kyrie kind of helped propel that team during the regular season and in the playoffs. And when you look at this team now, who's supposed to help propel them? Rose? No. Wade? No. <laughs> so you look at this team, and Jeff you just Green. Go, they're definitely going to make the playoffs. <laughs> Jeff Green? Like who? This Green. team's definitely going to make the playoffs. But I'll say this, I would not be shocked if this team makes the playoffs as the third or fourth seed instead of the top two, like they have been the past couple years.
1: No, absolutely. Um, and I think it could be really interesting if they, if they do make it as like a fourth seed, maybe even a fifth seed. And then you end up seeing them play Boston in the, uh, in the second round, instead of at the end when, you know, kind of that's what everybody expects it to be. Um, Cause I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do think that those are your, your, even with the, even with the, uh, um, Milwaukee trade with Bledsoe I still feel like those are your two prohibitive favorites um even though I think uh Milwaukee has a better chance of beating um beating them than than Boston does at the you know with with um you know Hayward out um but yeah I mean it, it'll be really interesting to see because I mean if let, let's just play out this scenario cuz I mean you you've honestly if you if you don't get off to the start or if you don't start fixing what's going on right now and, and play, you might have to face, you know, Milwaukee or Washington in the first round. You know, that's not something you, you want to do. You would much rather be playing, uh, you know, um, Toronto or Orlando or Detroit, you know, like um, it's, it's, it's dangerous ground that they're, that they're treading because, uh, the more mileage that LeBron has to put on that body, the, the, you know, the more fatigued that he could be and, and not just LeBron, but the rest of the team, they're all old as shit, you know, for an NBA roster. <laughs> so, I mean, I know, I know, yeah. you know, we give them, uh, history has proven that we can, it's, it would be foolish of us to think that they won't be in the NBA finals, but it's gotta happen sometime. Like LeBron's, you know, got he's he's not going to just make the finals every single year for the rest of his career. It's just not going to happen. So, you know, I mean, they 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 need to be careful. Is is the point that I'm making? Um, Joel, do you have anything uh, more to add on the subject?
2: Not really. I mean, it is what it is. The the Cavs are what they are. What the record says they are at the moment. I mean obviously we can look into the future And and think otherwise and Because uh, we've seen That they can be better than this And they're deep Like they're supposed to be better than this But like you said they're old man Maybe they're just saving themselves for later And they just don't want to put in effort And that's what it is effort So those old bastards want to wait until like mid-season And then go alright let's turn it And I don't think that's a smart thing to do But unfortunately it's possible That that's kind of what they did
1: Yeah yeah, Absolutely um, all right, time for our, our new segment. Uh, I'm always creating some, some crazy-ass trades. Jawan's always saying some crazy-ass shit, so we got a new segment called Hot Takes and Cool Trades. Um, so the way this is going to go, uh, Jawan's going to give you his hot take of the week. Um, it's, uh, put it this way, it would, it would be considered outlandish to uh, most uh, people um, in the basketball community. Um, Is it, kind of usually the way Jawan's hot takes go, but let me let me mention this. Uh, going into this season, uh, I think at one point Jawan had the Boston Celtics as the number one team going into this season, even above Golden State. I think you, you moved them down to two um, due to maybe some peer pressure. I can't really remember, but who's the number one team in in the NBA right now? The Boston Celtics. Um, you also said that the Knicks could make the playoffs, and it's early, but the Knicks currently sit at a uh, pretty comfortable spot uh, to make the playoffs, and they look good. Um, so, uh, you know, you, you, you've got away with your hot takes. So without further ado, I've built it up. Uh, what's your hot take for the week?
3: All right. Uh, I had three here, but I'm going to go with just one because uh, I don't want to take up too much time. So I'll go with one. I'm going to stick on this all season. Uh, The way they've been playing, uh, it's just, it's so fun to watch. And these guys defensively uh, are just, they're really good, man. And I don't even think they need to make like a huge trade or anything. I think currently constructed, they could do this. Uh, My hot take of the week is I am picking the Boston Celtics to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in seven games in this year's Eastern Conference Finals.
1: Nice. Um, I mean, uh, they look really good. And even without Gordon Hayward, which, you know, I I think I said, um, you know, going in with our our kind of preseason um, show, um, you know, breaking down different teams and stuff, um, you know, I said that this, this could be almost a – as long as Gordon Hayward, you know, makes a full recovery, has good rehab, comes back next year even stronger, like this could almost be a blessing in disguise for him because you're just going to get so much more valuable um, uh, learning experience out of both Brown and Jason Tatum. Um, And and with that, you know, you bring Hayward back into the lineup next year. um, That's a – that's the – Start of a beautiful team, um, beautiful lineup, and they have so many pieces um, that uh, it, it, um, you know, like draft pieces and 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 uh, things of that nature. Um, that you know, they can still improve this 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 roster. Um, I, I still feel like the the Philadelphia trade is is one of the most underrated things that I've ever seen. You know, um, a GM pull off. Like Danny Ainge is just he 's a genius um, he really is uh, I mean he gets uh, he gets a lot of credit but I still don 't feel like he gets enough credit um, all right so I like it I like your hot take um, so here's my trade and then I want to pass it to you Joel um, and you can uh, you can kind of be the determining factor on who wins the inaugural hot takes we, you know what you should call it hot takes versus cool trades um, and i don 't know how cool my trades are, I, I probably the, the name is a work in progress, I'll probably come up with something better down the line um, but uh, so this is almost kind of a hot take just in the form of a trade um, I'm going to go out on the limb and say I think Milwaukee should trade Jabari Parker um, I, I just don't think you can afford to pay him what he's going to expect to make He's had two ACL injuries now. Um, the guy is obviously, obviously an offensive talent, but he's he's never been a particularly good defender. Um, you, I think Giannis, honestly, kind of works better playing the, the kind of four position with Middleton playing the three, and especially now that you have Bledsoe, um, you still have Tony Snell who can who can come in and play the two, um, and obviously. Um, uh, uh, Middleton, um, I'm sorry, Brogdon, um, who could, who can play both the one and the two. Um, and I think, you know, you want to get, uh, you want to get DJ Wilson some minutes. Um, obviously, you know, not too, too many minutes. And, you know, he's got a kind of sketchy injury past, but I mean, you want to get him some minutes to develop. Um, so I've got, a, I've got a trade. I say you trade John Henson and Jabari Parker, the Chicago Bulls for Robin Lopez, Bobby Portis, and Paul Zipser. No picks. Um, I think just, just a straight-up trade. Um, I think the cap relief that Milwaukee gets by moving Jabari Parker is, is huge because they don't have to pay him. Robin Lopez is signed on for two more years. He addresses their problem that they have at the five. Um, you can bring Thon Maker off the bench. Um, Robin Lopez is a, a Terrific defender Um, He's got enough ability to spread The four. he's not he's not as good as his Brother Brooke as far as shooting but he's a better Defender than Brooke um, Much better rim protector I think If you had a a, a lineup A closing lineup Of uh, basically um, uh, Bledsoe Brogdon, Middleton Giannis and Robin Lopez That is arguably the best defensive Lineup in the NBA Um, Also Bobby Portis they obviously we all know about him knocking the shit out of Nikola Miritich. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, essentially Miritich has said like, he'll go play in Europe. Like he's not coming back to a team with Bobby Portis. So they either have to trade Bobby Portis or wait until December when they can trade Miritich. Um, and I mean, they got to go one way or the other. Um, Paul Zipser is just kind of that throw-in they need. Uh, I feel like Milwaukee needs a little bit more in that deal um, to balance out losing Jabari Parker. I think Paul Zipser is a good, you know, fifteen to eighteen-minute a night guy who can come in play some backup uh, small forward. Um, can even play a little bit of two if you need him to. Um, and and again, Bobby Portis, backup power forward. Um, but can also play a little bit of small ball five if you need him to. Um, so I think, to me, that trade makes a lot of sense. Um, and obviously, if you're Chicago, um, you're getting you, you're moving Robin Lopez, who's not doesn't really fit into your future plans. Um, it's a, it's a risk because Jabari Parker, you know, he's got his injury woes, and now you. Pairing him with Zach Levine, who's also obviously coming off uh, an ACL tear. Um, but if you can make all of that work, um, you can get a top pick, uh, you know, probably draft uh, a guy to play the three. Um, and then you, know, you have uh, Levine, uh, whoever you draft, Jabari Parker, and you can just go ahead and plug in in at the five. Um, and he can stretch the floor. you got to stretch five. Um, defensively, they would be a pretty bad eyesore unless, uh, they could, you know, really get the necessary effort out of, out of their, their core guys to play defense. Um, but I still feel like it would be, uh, well worth the risk if you're the Chicago Bulls. Um, so, Joel, I'm going to pass it to you. Uh, who is, is your winner? who has the less crazy notion for this inaugural edition of hot takes versus cool trades. And then uh, we'll pass it to you afterwards, Juwan, um, you know, for your comment on my trade.
2: Um, I don't think either one is crazy. I think both are logical and make sense, especially at the moment. Um, let's just, that's a hard one. <laughs> um, here's the thing. <laughs> It is, because, like, you had so many players. Like, who, what was the trade details again? It was uh,
1: Zipser, Lopez, and... And Bobby uh, Portis, Portis for, for, for John Henson and Jabari Parker.
2: Oh, John Henson. I, that was the, that was the yeah. part that was missing. Um, it's not a bad trade. <laughs> like, it's not a bad trade at all. Um, I'd take that trade if I was on uh, both sides, cause of, for both, you know, obvious reasons. Um, does it work out financially? Uh, I think it does.
1: Um, yeah, it's about $18 million that the Bucks, uh, I'm sorry, Bulls would be taking. And I think like $16.5 million that the Bucks would be taking. So, I mean, it works out. And then as far as, yeah, no picks. Um, I feel like that's a pretty straight up trade. I mean, I don't think you can ask for a pick in return if you're the Bucks, because the Bulls aren't going to be giving them up. And, and, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean... Jabari is if if you're going if you're going to gamble on him that's that's what you're getting you're not going to get a pick with it you know so
2: right right that was that was youth um I'm going to say I was expecting crazy shit from both of y'all but um <laughs> I didn't I didn't get that <laughs> Got pretty much one of them um ooh, this is a tough one I might have to call a draw cuz I really don't think either one is all that unplausible I, I just think look, if your trade just might be a little, they'll probably be a little less involved if it actually happens. Sure, um, but it's it's but it's plausible. I mean, I don't like we were talking about it. Like the Bucks trading uh, Parker is very possible. Like we were talking about it when he was uh when the Knicks were were involved at one point. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then the whole idea about the Celtics beating the Cavs, it's not hard to imagine the Cavs losing anybody at the moment. So. so. It's hard to defend the cavalry at the moment, um, but who knows? That can, that can change obviously in a couple of months. But as the that I mean, it's also hard to say, "Hey, LeBron's going to going to lose." Like, you know, that is what it is. I don't know. I, it's really hard to choose a winner because they're both very um, plausible, not crazy, <laughs> not crazy. They're not crazy. No. Yeah. All right. Like, well, I'm gonna well, say, well, I'll take uh, that for, for the first inaugural. Uh, crazy trades versus hot takes, it's
1: a tie. All right. Fair enough. Um, I'm a little disappointed, but, uh, but I, I mean, I mean, I guess I didn't lose. So that's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> although I don't know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe the idea should be to have the crazier idea. I don't know. <laughs> Jawan. Well, that's what uh, I was what thinking. You, <laughs> yeah. Man, I, well, you know, I, I, I put a lot of, uh, I, I I put my thinking cap on for this one um it's not quite mm-hmm. as crazy um as as what as some of my other uh trade endeavors yeah. um um <laughs> uh, what what do you think about the uh the the trade idea
3: uh I like the trade idea by the way uh, it seems as though Nick according to Joel our takes have to get hotter and cooler <laughs> <We're gonna laughs> pick, be able to pick a is well winter. enough. Uh, you've got you've you know bo- fu- you've
2: both blown my mind with some of the shit you guys say, so I'm um, I'm disappointed. You know what's funny? <laughs> you know what's
3: funny actually, Joel. That wasn't uh-huh. even my hottest take. Like I told you, I had I had backups. I was looking for one yeah. that you know it was a hot take because it's not popular opinion, but it's not right. far it's out there. Though. But I had I had some far out there ones. But um, to, uh-huh. to answer your question, Nick. Go ahead. You yeah, that? we'll
1: we'll we'll make real quick. We'll make sure to get a little more further out there next week for you, Joel. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> I appreciate.
2: Absolutely,
1: it, I appreciate. <laughs> it. You know, I you know, I can
3: I can think of some crazy stuff.
1: Yeah. Oh he yeah, I'll work teams. out a I'll work nope out both. a super fucking crazy trade. No, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit, I'll do a four uh, gamer, man. <laughs> man. I, you know me. <laughs> you know, oh, as boy. we're
3: speaking, as we're speaking, Nick is sending Demarcus to the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, oh lord. Uh, but as far as your trade, I really like the trade. Uh, the only, the only bad thing of the trade uh, that I see is Robin Lopez. Uh on the Bucs, uh, especially in late-game situations, like you were saying, kind of then um, hurts them in only this capacity. He does not expand the court. So when Giannis, because remember, Giannis is not a jump shooter. He's looking to drive. So when he drives, you're going to have – you might, and I'm not saying it'll be to this extent, but it right now on paper, it kind of reminds me of when the Suns went out and got Shaq and they had Amari, it was just like – But you know Amari doesn't shoot; he only drives. So Shaq is just hugging the paint. How do you think Amari's going to be able to work down there? So just when I'm looking at it, because you know Thon Maker stretches the court because he can actually shoot the ball. um, It it just it makes me think if Robin could at least would you say Joel?
2: So not effectively.
3: No, not effectively. But he doesn't have to be right. He doesn't have to be in the paint. He doesn't have to be in Mm. the paint to be useful. He can move outside uh, and Mm kind of at least, if anything, be a smokescreen because you have to defend it. You're not going to leave him wide open. But if Robin Lopez goes to the wing, you're going to leave him wide open. Uh, But if Robin Lopez – I haven't watched that many Chicago Bulls games, but I don't think he has. But if he can develop just a small little mid-range jumper or at least like a floater or something, something that he can be effective outside of the paint even a little bit, so Giannis can have that freedom to be able to drive at will, I think that works out so much better. But like I said, it's not a bad trade at all. I love it for Jabari. Uh, he's actually from Chicago, so, he, yep. you know, he'd be able to go back home. Uh, and well, I, think I like if you're about the Bulls, it more.
2: <laughs> yes, I,
3: I agree with <laughs> you. And if you're the Bulls, um, you know, you betted on Levine coming off that injury when uh, Minnesota mm-hmm. was like, yeah, no, no, thank you. So if you're willing to bet on that, and he has a tremendous upside, uh, then I think you should be able to take the same leap for Jabari. I don't
1: think you're losing. And that kind of hard. hope that one of them works out, right? Like, like you're well, crossing your fingers that they both out. do, but like if if, but, I mean, if just if one of them works out, it, then.
3: If, if you think about it, if you can get Levine to average twenty and six, and get Jabari to average maybe fifteen and eight, that's that's not you, you didn't lose that trade. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like you said, you didn't give away a pick, so you're not losing a pick. It's a straight up player for player. Uh, if you're Milwaukee, it's a guy you don't really feel that comfortable paying. You'd rather pay Middleton anyway. Uh, right, so but... I think if you're the if you're the Bulls, if you can get Levine to give you 20 and in, in, in six, and Jabari to give you 15 and eight, I think you came out a lot better than most expected. So yeah. I think it's a really good trade. Go ahead, Joel.
2: Don't sleep on Bobby Portis. That was one of the another reason I like right. to trade. I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's a big get for... Like, people don't think, think about it, but Bobby Portis is pretty good, man. <laughs> like, if you can get Bobby Portis and Bobby Lopez, that helps your big side. And Bobby could play center if you really need to, you know? He's like 6'10", right. he's 11. You know, and yeah, he can he, rebound, he, he, he can shoot, me, he, man. you know? Yeah.
1: Right, right. Obviously. The game, game. you know? Yeah, I was going to
3: say, <laughs> and... I like Portis. I like Portis as that extra body guarding LeBron, so Giannis doesn't have to uh, the whole game. You can put Portis in there, um, have him guard LeBron. Not saying he 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 could stop LeBron, but I'd rather him
1: get right. Uh,
3: Exactly, I'd rather him get four fouls uh, than Giannis. So you know, I'd rather Giannis have to guard Love or something like that. So I think Portis works in so many different ways. Like I said, I love the trade. My only uh, thing that kind of made me a little nervous is the idea of Giannis isn't much of a shooter. So when he looks to drive, I just keep replaying in my head, Lopez just sitting there waiting for an offensive rebound or something. And that that eats me so much when a player does that. Like you have to be more effective than just waiting there for the ball to fall in your hand. So that's the only thing. But if, if, you know, if I'm just being overly dramatic about it and, and, you know, and, uh, that won't be an issue, then yeah, it's a great trade. <laughs>
1: um, well I will I will throw this out there. Um Robin Lopez has hit two threes on the season uh, in ten games, <laughs> mind you. But he's hit two threes on six on six attempts. Um so he he's he's cruising right at thirty three percent. Um he's hit mm-hmm. ma- making a third of his threes. Um so I, I, yeah. I think um I, I think he has expanded his his range, and, and he's he's not bad. Like you, you put him in and around like the foul line area, that like sixteen to eighteen feet, he can knock yeah. down those shots. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, mean, that's, can, that's all I was saying. He didn't have to be. He, he, he not nap- have to be like right underneath the rim to get a time. bucket. Yeah.
3: Well, that's that's so, why I started I, I haven't seen the Bulls like at all this season. So he definitely could have been doing all those things. He did do it in New York, uh, Joel. Um, but what kept bothering me a lot, and they kept stubbing him for uh, Hernan and Gomez. What kept bothering me a lot is uh, he wouldn't act as if uh, shooting was an ability that he had because he would hug the paint so much. Uh, and yeah. he, and he's it's not like when you, Mel- right. mm-hmm. when you have Melo. Right. When you have Melo and Fazenguez, I don't need you hugging the paint. Those guys already do. So, I mean, that was the only thing that I, I just but couldn't get out of my head. But if.
2: I don't know. I just Mello I, believe, I paint, still believe. No, he right. <laughs> I believe yeah, in the big true. man. Still, and and like I, you need a big man in the game. So I still think he's he's a valuable asset to have someone that's there. I'll, everybody plays a center. Like everybody, as much as it's a perimeter game, everybody has someone that can rebound the ball. Not all centers still can shoot. Like John Henson, who's their starting center right now. He's not a three-point shooter. He really isn't. He can maybe hit hit 15-footer here and there. He starts moving. Greg Monroe could, at the time, could stretch the floor, but it's just not. Not every center can do. Like Canner can't hit threes, and we play him in Porzingis. Now Porzingis can not stretch well, the floor.
3: Well, the biggest difference is, and, and that's, that was my main point. I think you kind of thought that was my point because Nick had mentioned it. I never said I needed Lopez. To, I, I no, let me not say Lopez. My centers to make threes. I I don't. I just need you to be able to come a little. Uh, in front of the, the rim, a little in front of the paint, and just hit, like, a little jump shot. That, that's all I was asking for. So you're not hugging the paint so much because your dominant player drives. He doesn't shoot. So when you're standing there looking for a rebound, he's driving. So, so you know, the, the, the chances of you getting that rebound over him getting his rebound are, are pretty slim. If he was a shooter, then that's different. But I just need you to make like a little funny shot or something. That's that's all I was saying. I, I don't need you to make threes. I mean not everyone well, yeah, can be Mark Zach Randolph. He
2: not
1: everyone can be
3: Mark
1: yeah, Zach seen. Randolph, so Yeah, and that yeah, that's I guess yeah. that's, that's kinda of what I'm saying is he, he has that ability. Like He's not a three-point shooter by any stretch of the imagination, but he can no, hit that at all. that twelve no. to eighteen
2: he's not foot as bro- range. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's not Brook. Yeah, but he's better. But he's so much better defensively than Brook Lopez will ever he be.
2: Is. Like he's more
1: active. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he, he's dude. I just I I really admire the way he he approaches the game. I really like his um yeah. his fightiness, his gumption, and think, tail, man. Um that's yeah yeah exactly and and that's why i i think had it been under different circumstances in new york he would have been one of those beloved knicks um because he's got the mentality of a new york knicks player um but like but yeah man i just think and and but that kind of um that kind of mantra or uh uh moniker goes well in milwaukee too because that's the same way that city is like that's lunch pail type city you know um and yeah. so like I, I feel like he would really work out there. Um and I just feel like you don't really need like what did Rob Lopez average like fourteen, fifteen points a night. Like that's that's plenty. You no. don't need Jabari's, you know, twenty Like you just <laughs> Yeah, I mean you got Bledsoe now, you got Middleton who's gonna yeah. get you fifteen to, to eighteen. Um, obviously Giannis is gonna get you thirty to, about any given night. Um you know, I mean, you got Brogdon, you got, you've got enough scoring. You got Tony Snell, that dude shooting yeah. like 45% from three this season, something ridiculous. Yeah. He's he's like
4: uh-huh. just draining
1: threes this year. So, I mean, I just feel like your, your biggest hole right now is at the center position. Um, if you can get Robin Lopez for two years, that gives you, uh, that, that just gives you some breathing room and some time to work as bond yeah. maker. Um, you know, and not have to feel so desperate to get him to 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 rush his his productivity. Um, you know, you can you can kind of relax a little bit more um, at that position. Um, and like what? I said, man, the biggest the biggest reason for me is just defensively. If you have Bledsoe at, at one end, and then you got Robin Lopez at the other, you got Middleton, you got Giannis, you got Brogdon. Snell's not a bad defender. He's not. I wouldn't necessarily call him a good defender, but he's not bad. Um, but I mean, I just feel like that, that kind of, um, defensive unit is just, and then, then Bobby Portis, you know, you got him backing up Giannis. So like, I mean, I, I just feel like that kind of defensive unit would be, um, would be very, very impressive.
2: All right. Well, what do you guys think about, uh, especially now after this trade, there's an opening at big man with, you know, it's between maker and Henson now, but, uh, they can use some offense there. Why don't they go after the fucking Julius Randle for?
1: Um, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it would just depend on what you got to give up to get him. And, and again, like to me, I, I understand right. that you want you want a little bit of offense there, but I think what you mainly want with any center in today's NBA is you want somebody to play defense. If you're like, in, right. in today's NBA, you're back to the basket, um, like scoring is just not it's not important and 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 honestly one of the reasons that is so effective um as as like a, a a scoring center who doesn't really play defense um is because he's got a, a mid-range game um a very effective mid-range game um and yeah you know, mm-hmm. i i just haven't seen anything from Julio Okafor to make me think that he's got that in his repertoire um but yeah i mean i just not many think
2: people it, yeah
1: yeah, not many centers do. Um, but but that's the thing. If you're going to be a scoring center who doesn't play defense, you better be able to shoot the right. ball. <laughs> you know.
2: And rebound um, and block shots. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. At the very least. I mean, at least at yeah. least rebound. Like I mean, blocking shots. You know. I mean, it, it's it's always but, um, you know not everybody can go well.
2: But my idea for him wasn't to start or anything. Like I'm thinking, if you give up just enough, like where they won't ask for too much, and you get you trade away something decent, and he can come off the bench and give you score, something like that. You know, he needs a yeah. place to be. He needs to be somewhere. You know. So what I'm not thinking start the league.
1: What would you want if you were Philly? That'd be my question.
2: That's a good question. Like, what does Philly need
1: really? <laughs> I mean, yeah. The uh, thing Philly doesn't really need a whole lot. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I, not really Delvadova, Yeah, but like you don't because of the weird situation on the protective pick. I'm not sure if you could give him, uh, Well, I mean, I don't feel like you would. You would need to give him a first round. It would be a second rounder. So maybe give him a 2019 second give rounder. Give two and,
2: second rounders. Be nice.
1: Two, <laughs> two for for Jaleel. I don't play defense, and I don't, I don't even start over Rashawn Holmes, Oak four. Like yeah, nah, terrible. I ain't giving you, I ain't yeah. giving you two second round picks for him. No, and talk and about, that goes talk for, about especially nine. for you, Atlanta. I swear to God, if Atlanta trades mm-hmm. picks to get Jaleel Oak i I'm gonna be so pissed, so pissed. <laughs> Let him go to Chicago. Oh, man.
2: Uh, what what a st- his stock has fallen so far to the fact that no oh, one wants know, to trade man. shit. They just want to pick him well, up and free agency, buy him out.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and the thing is, man, this crazy is like, imagine if they had traded him after his rookie year. What do you think you could have gotten for him after his rookie year? He had a phenomenal rookie yeah. year. Um, it was right before the 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 big shift happened, where everybody tried to start copying the Warriors. You know, like, it was mm-hmm. right on the cusp of that. And, like, he had a really good rookie campaign. And then, he you know. He go to the
2: G League.
1: Yeah, or China. I, I mean, I think he would or be China. super effective in China. No one plays defense in China. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> That's so, true. 100 points. I mean, in yeah. Logic. I mean, well, you know, Jimmer Fredette doesn't score 70 points in a game if they play defense in China. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm.
1: well it just doesn't happen yeah they, they show that with brandon jennings that
2: no one
3: plays yeah. defense over there in china exactly
2: that's true why are you thinking was a china <laughs>
3: exactly
1: <laughs> i agree Yeah. absolutely um all right well uh enough uh <laughs> enough of you know my crazy trade talk um let's get into some awards for the week um uh so let's let's start with player of the week. Um, I've got an interesting one. I hope I hope you don't steal mine. Um, I don't think you will. I think it's a little too far out there. Um but uh let's start with you, Jawan. Who's your player of the week?
3: Um suck it, Jawan. Jo- Other I'm than Chris Babs, poor thing is No, I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> I'm just
1: kidding. You pick you go ahead and pick your player of the week.
3: It was definitely Chris Stops. Uh I won't say my backup in case it's somebody else's. I won't be that guy. But KP6
1: is most
3: definitely uh, my player of the week. Him being top two, top three in uh, points per game right now. And the loss against Orla- uh, Orlando that you just saw the Knicks suffer because there was no Porzingis. This shows mm-hmm. you, man, how big time this guy is, man. And what I will give the Knicks some some props to is the game wasn't a blowout. Were in it. Uh, no, it, was it it was it was very competitive. They just didn't have a guy cuz for some reason yeah. Tim Hardaway refuses to step up to the plate. Um but no, it, uh to to bring could it back. Uh, that. KP Yeah, no you could have yeah. well, No, you didn't have to tell us that. Remember we had him first.
1: We should have known true. You.
3: that yeah, you <laughs> should
1: have known. I mean, if nothing else, you should have just watched last year's playoffs, bro. <laughs> Your Knicks yeah. should have won yeah. last year's playoffs.
3: Yeah, very true, especially at the dollar amount we gave him. But, uh, no, KP6, man, listen, uh, there's a lot of talk going on, especially now more than ever, between AD, Giannis, uh, Cat, and KP. And this might sound super biased, I get it, but when you want to talk the most complete player, someone who's there every night, doesn't have any huge injury issues like AD, isn't just necessarily one-sided like Cat. Um, he is the complete player out of those four guys, man. Plays defense on a high level every game, rebounds on a high level, and he can score efficiently from all aspects of the court. I just love, the, I just love watching this guy, man. And I know the conversation has been, who would you start your franchise with? It'd be KP every day, all day.
1: Yeah, see, I I still gotta go with Giannis just because I mean the guy is has the, he's got the moniker the Greek Freak for a reason, but I will give you this, like Giannis doesn't have a shot. KP can shoot from thirty five feet away, and you're gonna feel like it's gonna go in that bucket. You know what I mean? Like I mean, I, 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 and a couple other things that I I just think are really interesting to kind of hammer your point home on on um, on Porzingis. Uh, over the last three games, he's averaged four blocks a game. Four yep. blocks a game. Um, he's averaged uh, less than three turnovers a game over the last three. Um, now he doesn't he doesn't come into a lot of assists or steals because he's he's your you know uh, well it's the assists because he's your he's your scorer. Um, so when you get him the ball, you, he shoots it. Um, but uh, but he, he's averaged over six rebounds a game. Um, he almost almost seven almost seven rebounds a game. Uh, obviously, he's had twenty eight, forty, and thirty seven points in his last three games. Um, his his field goal percentage is ridiculous. The guy is averaging over sixty <laughs> percent field goal percentage in his last three games. Uh, his free throw percentage is is right around eighty five, ninety percent over his last three games. Um, And how about this for one more stat for for, for Zinnius. Throughout this whole season, he has only gone one game without getting at least one block. One game. He's he's played like ten games. He gets a block every game. Um, He had six blocks against Indiana. Like, yeah, the dude is crazy, and I I felt like – Somebody had to pick him. Um, I'm, I'm assuming, Joel, you probably have him as your player of the week, too. Am I wrong?
2: <laughs> I guess I did at one point, you know, like a minute ago, um, and they took it over from me. <laughs> but, yeah, KP is obviously uh, the player. I mean, I don't think that's a question, honestly. I mean, he is the player of the fucking week. He's the player of the last two weeks. <laughs> like, he's been that good. Uh, the reason he's not. I mean, he didn't play today. I mean, and, and it showed. You, you saw their their best scorer and their best shot blocker uh, did not play today, and it showed. Uh, they were in it at the end, but they couldn't close the game because their closer was out. And he's a beast, man. He's a fucking beast. And if I had to pick a backup, so like we're not stuck on the KP thing the whole time. Which again, I don't mind doing it myself. But uh, if we're going if I had to pick someone else though, uh, I want to shout out. I want to
1: shout. I I can only pick one. I mean, you, you, I don't care if you like pick one to talk about, but you can shout out whoever you want. Uh,
2: I'm gonna start then with with DeMarcus Cousins though, because like, yeah. man has it. he he is him and fucking AB are balling. The fact that this team is six and five with nobody but them too, like it's fucking ridiculous. Uh, And and he's, like, up there. He's got the points, rebounds, assists, and they can shoot from three. They're the guards. They're the centers. Mm -hmm. They're the forwards of that team. And it's fucking ridiculous that they're doing what they're doing. And it's just – they're going to burn themselves out at some point. But uh, it's been fun to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, but isn't that the thing? Like, I I mean, my thing is just – I I thought it was interesting because – AD said um in a post game interview recently like um our our you know guards and, and forwards you know make um, uh, basically put us in the position to um to be as successful as we are we meaning uh him and and DeMarcus Cousins yeah, <laughs> and when uh, i watch those games i'm like what the fuck are you talking about bro <laughs> I mean, basically, Demarcus Cousins and and uh, uh, and AD, they just they get the ball and then they put it in the bucket, and the rest of the team does <laughs> it, right? But it's that's like,
2: what it's trying. To, that's what he's trying to say, though. They're so well, like, bad.
1: They have. Yeah, they be, just get out of our way and, and, and let.
2: <laughs> right, right. The reason they have huge numbers <laughs> is because no one else could do it. <laughs> like it's just them. So he's
1: there he's absolutely right. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I guess uh, in at least in, in some capacity. Yeah. Um
2: as long as the right. teammates didn't take it that way, they're
1: okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, and it was worded in in a friendly fashion, let's say. Of course. Um, of course. I uh I there's there's several people. Uh, wait, you said you had somebody else you wanted to mention. Go ahead.
2: No, just him and A B. So like him and A. D. Just him and AD. okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, All
1: right, yeah. The Twin Towers, man. The the, right. the, new, the new age. age. Tim Duncan and yeah and uh, and um. Shit! Why is that a David Robinson?
2: David um
1: Robinson. I, I I am ashamed of yeah, myself man. that it took me. Like seven seconds to remember David Robinson's name. That's <laughs> that's, that's bad. That's a bad look. Um, who averages? Who are not averages, but who gets a quadruple double like David Robinson? That too. Um, but uh, I got I got a few people too. Um, you know, obviously, I feel like you got to mention LeBron James. I mean, Duke up fifty seven yeah. points against Washington. <laughs> Um, but, like, man, that Atlanta loss is just not a good look. I mean, he had 26-5 no. and 13. Um, he also had a steal in two blocks, um, and he shot almost 60% um, from from the field. Um, but nevertheless, man, I, I, I you know, I, I mean, I feel like that's the, that's probably the, the natural pick. Um, another guy who had a really good week was, uh, well, particularly last night, uh, Jokic. Um, he had 41-12 last night. He had four threes. Um, he oh, shot yeah. 64% from the field. He had two blocks, two steals, five assists, only one turnover. And as much as he passes and handles the ball, that's that's crazy. that he, You know, that he's averaging yeah. such few turnovers. He had one bad game early in, uh, I think it was against Washington, um, early in the season, um, as far as turnovers go, um, but uh, but yeah, he's been balling out. But not nah, my my official pick. Um, I, I and his numbers aren't like crazy impressive, um, but I gotta give him a shout out, man. Andre Drummond, Andre Drummond is uh-huh. shooting seventy five percent from the free throw line, seventy five percent. Like that is just that is so crazy for a guy who I mean, I don't know what his averages are over the course of his career. Um, but they are bad. They are really, really bad. I
2: uh goal percentage? Fifty four.
1: Yeah. Fifty four percent. I mean that's that's
2: Absolutely.
1: that's that's pretty damn good. <laughs> um but yeah, man, like Free throw seventy five percent. Okay, I have his stats in front of me. His best year from the free throw line was back in two thousand thirteen fourteen. He shot forty one point eight percent from the stripe. Oh, <laughs> it was his best so far year. it's sixty
2: three percent. Uh huh. So far this season, he's averaging sixty three. Let's see if he can keep it up.
1: Oh, okay. Well, it was it was seventy five before tonight's effort. I guess. Um oh, I think. Bro, he was zero for seven at the last game. That's why. Oh no! See, he's already falling off. See, man, yeah. you know what? I, I take that back, Andre Drummond. You you ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> you uh you don't you don't get player of the week anymore. How are you gonna go over for seven? That's how I'm talking your ass up, man. Um, oh, Yeah, yeah. Oh well, what are you gonna do? He did he was, have 21 rebounds. He
2: still 77 from the field though. <laughs>
1: that's true. 77. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's impressive. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think if he can keep, if he, even if he can keep up 60%, like, I mean, just don't mm-hmm. be such a liability to your team to where they have to take you out at the end of the game, you know, like there, there's yeah. a few players like that. Um, and it, it almost always boils down to they can't shoot free throws. Um, and if you can, you know, make it where you can hit 60 to 70% and stay in that pocket, um, then you know you're not such a liability to your team, um, and you know what I think this off season, uh, 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 Robertson and Drummond need to get together and chill, and Robertson needs to be like, yo, like, what did you do <laughs> to to like stop sucking from the free throw line if he can keep it up, and you know just. Just we Andre's gotta stick together, man. Come on. Like help a brother out. Like uh-huh. <laughs> somebody somebody needs to help Al Robertson. I don't think there's anybody better qualified than Andre Truman. Um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm just happy that or Rick Barry. you know. Yeah, there you go. Rick Barry, yeah, is always good. Get that granny shot going. Um yeah, bring, but, it back, uh, bring it back. Yeah, man. I I mean, hey, if you are airballing free throws, whatever you're doing is not working. So if you can do anything different, do it. You know what I mean? Um, uh, Jawan, do do you have anybody else you wanted to give, like, an honorable mention since, you know, me and Joel gave, like, four? Yes. Uh, uh,
3: James Harden. Uh, I don't really Mm. think I need to say much more
1: than that. Uh, but
3: he is definitely somebody who is uh, with all these new guys emerging. Somebody that we only touch on when he drops like what was it like forty or fifty uh, a few 56. nights ago? Yeah,
1: right. Yeah. Fifty six.
3: Yeah. Um, I think we Freaking need to 80. touch on we need to touch on the fact that they're number two in the they're either number one or number two in the West right now, uh, and it's solely because of his leadership, his ability to spread the wealth. And maintain being yeah. that go-to guy. Uh, what makes me really nervous about Houston is when Chris Paul gets back because they're just playing so well uh, without him. But yeah, I think he definitely deserved an honorable mention.
1: Yeah, man, I'm 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 not gonna let this go. Like trade Chris Paul and get Marcus Cousins. Like just do it already. Um. Anyway, I, obviously that's not gonna happen. I, I, I keyed. I keyed. Um. But uh, if 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 New Orleans would do it, I, I would totally do it if I was the Rockets. Um, all right, well let's move on. We got we got some uh, other uh, uh, weekly awards to get to. Who is your team of the week? Uh, Jawan, I'm gonna start with you because I I feel like you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> take the obvious. You're well. All right, fine, Joel. No, Warren, you go. Wait, wait, wait.
3: Hold on, hold on, hold on. I was going to say, fine. Joel, because I was going to say, because I took KP, I will not go the obvious. I actually had another team I wanted to go with, not the obvious. Oh. So okay. you're, you're fine. Mm. I had another team I was going to go with anyway. I'm going go to, oh, no, okay. okay. to go with the Golden State. I had a backup. Oh, no, that's okay. I wanted to go with this team anyway. Uh, I wasn't actually going to go okay. with that team. Um, I'm going right. to go with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, they're showing you um, that – It's that they can take games off and come back and still be the most dominant team in the NBA, Um, and they've shown it. And I want to say huge shout-out to the resurgence of Steph Curry. I believe he's averaging 27.5 points per game uh, very quietly, I may add. Uh, again, he's he's going through the same thing Harden is. All these new guys emerging, they kind of just expect it from Harden and Curry that they don't really bring it up. Uh, but Curry is balling, and the Warriors are are they step their toe right back into that that dominant pool, and they're uh, they're showing the league how regardless how they started the first few games, they're still head over heels the best team in the NBA. Uh, they're showing you Absolutely. everything the Cavs are not. Uh, so maybe yeah. Cavs can call golden state and see how they run things. But yeah, I'm going golden state as the, uh, team
1: of the week. Yeah. Well, if they, if they do call them, they should probably be like, well, Hey man, you ain't going to give Kyrie advice. Well, we ain't going to give you advice, motherfucker. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here.
4: <laughs> I should totally see
1: Draymond saying that. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I'm glad you picked the Warriors. Um, the, that was not one of my two teams, but I think a very legitimate pick. Um, Joel, um, whoever you pick, I'll at least have one team left over, but who you got? <laughs>
2: All right. So, if I'm pick my team, I figure you'll pick up the net, the slack. Uh, I have to go with the Knicks. <laughs> like, I got to go with the New York <laughs> Knicks. Uh, bro, I mean, they've given me heart palpitations the last three games. Like, I, was, I almost had a heart attack. It was ridiculous. Like, three – Fucking close games in a row, like it was it's it 's stressful, but they came out and they did something they didn 't do a lot last year is go down big, come back, and win, and show that they can win and they 're defending and they're and they're hyping up the the garden you bring that energy back to the garden that alone gives you bonus points, so it's like the Knicks currently are just playing good back, even tonight without k p they played. Good, but even though they were very sloppy tonight, they still played good defense for the most part, and it was a good. It's just they're they're playing the right way, and if they keep it up, they could possibly make the playoffs, and we'll see if that's actually the case. But as of right now, they have they've had the best week of any any team so far. They they, they went until tonight. Obviously, they were six and four, so now they're six and five. But they they've been killing it, and I've been very proud of them and happy to say and they're my team. <laughs> uh
1: so I guess now that we're, you know, 11 games into the season, so like you're 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 cool with them now like not not trying to tank. Like you're 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 on board. Uh, you want you want them to make the playoffs. I
2: never I never wanted them to
1: tank per se. Well, I well, just well, wanted hold on, them to win. Let me be clear. Yeah, let me be clear. I'm 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 not saying you wanted them to specifically play that, but you wanted them to put themselves in a position to build towards the future, which involves, um, you know, Uh, not having as good of a team out on the court. I wanted them to do whatever uh, they
2: were, whatever they were going to do. I wanted them to do without Carmelo Anthony. I wanted to do it with the young guys. So if they went to the playoffs, I wanted to do it by themselves. And if they didn't, I wanted to do that by themselves. I didn't need him here for either one. He's gone now, and so we're winning without him. That means the young guys are progressing faster than I expected, which means if they make the playoffs, that's a good thing. If they don't make the playoffs and we get a lottery, that's a good thing. I don't lose.
1: <laughs> All right. That was very emphatic. Wow. Um, yeah, I, mean, I like, thought I, you would say we I, I don't I feel like lose, I just Joe, got well, put in
3: my place, high. right?
4: <laughs> yeah. like. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs>
3: Geez, I love how he forgot that I was a Knicks fan, too. He totally said, I don't lose. Like, okay, all right. Yeah, because I'm, I'm okay Dolan. if you
2: don't win. That's, that was my thing. You know, you're more like, yeah, no. they got to go to the playoffs. And I'm like, they don't really Absolutely. need to, but I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, no, Hey, I, I, you, you I definitely love my, 18, that, and I love my 18% winning percentage right now for my team. I'm cool <laughs> with it. Like, I'm going to love it when we get Luka Doncic. <laughs>
2: Hey man, I'm not hating. I'm not
1: hating. <laughs> um. All right. Well, I uh, I gotta. I, I, you didn't pick my second team. Like so, I got I got kind of two teams. Uh, I mean, I feel like obviously the Boston Celtics. Like one of us has to has to pick Boston Celtics. Um, Mark, dude, they're a nine game talking. winning streak. <laughs> nine games. Like it's crazy! Like nine game winning streak for the Boston Celtics, um, and, and, they and won like Kyrie, Kyrie is finally like over the last like couple games. He really looks like he is basically becoming the player that we all kind of, I guess at at some point thought knew he would be, um, and I, I, honestly, I get even more now why he did not want to play with LeBron anymore. And I don't really necessarily think that it's like like it I don't think it's like a like a dislike for LeBron. Like I don't think it's anything personal. I really think it just boils down to he he, he looked at the situation and said, "I can't be the best player that I can be playing with LeBron." Who else made a decision like that recently? Kevin Durant he said, I can't be the best player that I can be playing with Russell Westbrook. Um, now, I mean, we can all criticize him going to the team that he picked, but I I don't think you can criticize him for making the decision to, you know, want to depart from Russell Westbrook. And, and you know, I love Russell Westbrook. He's one of my favorite players in the league. Um, but, I mean, he and LeBron just – I'm sorry, he and KD just never – Quite fit together, and I feel like that's we're gonna. From what we've been seeing from Kyrie this far this season, um, I feel like that's that might be the case uh, with he and LeBron. Um, and I just the the way that this team has been gelling, especially without Gordon Hayward, and how. They lose their first two games of the season, and since then they've won nine straight. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, and you know, they they beat the teams they should beat. They've beat teams that you know they may not have been expected to beat. Um, very impressive. Um, I also want to give a shout out to the Seventy Sixers. They're on a five-game winning streak and have snuck into the playoff picture. Kind of quietly, um, and they beat Utah. Uh, I think last night uh, or uh, two nights ago, um, without mm-hmm. Joel Embiid. Um, so Ben Simmons is is making that unit work. Um, he's he's True. getting everything uh, in place. Um, They're now six and four. Um, at least as of last night, I don't know. I don't know if they played tonight or not. Um, but they're six and four um, as of last night. In uh, no. fifth, they did not. Okay, so they're in fifth place in the East. Um, and you know they're making they're making it work. I mean, they started off the season one and four, and you know I was like sitting there looking at the situation, like damn it, I knew this was gonna happen. I knew they weren't gonna be as good as like everyone thought they were gonna be. Um, or what everyone was saying they were going to be. Um, y'all both know I'm, I, Philly's like my my second team. Like I, I loved Allen Iverson growing up, so I've always kind of been drawn to Philly. So I really want them to do well, but I'm I've I've been very skeptical about them because injury, you know, is it's just such a big thing for that team. Um, but I've I've been really impressed uh, with them over the course of this past week. They've um, really stepped up and, and played very, very good basketball. Um, Juwan, do you have uh, anybody else that you'd like to throw out an honorable mention to?
3: Um, no, you, you took it with the Celtics. I did want to add one really quick thing. I didn't want to stay long, and I just want to add it really quickly. Uh, in the Kyrie and in the Durant situation, they both were personal. We, it's not as personal as the media makes it sound, but they were both right. definitely personal. I know I've worked with somebody and then left and did not tell them that I was leaving because it was most definitely personal. <laughs> so, so they sure. both did that uh, because to some degree it was personal. Uh, I just don't think it was because it was due to hatred towards the other. It, but it was personal
1: sure. to a degree. Right, right. Yeah, no. I mean, I agree. I mean, I, I, I think anything when you're, you see somebody day in day out like that, um, it, it, you know, it, it's bound to be. But I mean, I, yeah, I, I think what you said, um, to preface that is key. It's not as personal as they, you know, the media kind of, sort of makes it out to be. And I think it more so has to do with, on the court, not off the court. You know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. The whole off-the-court yep. talk is way overblown, and on-the-court um, talk is maybe, maybe overlooked a little bit too much. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but anyway, uh, let's move on. we got our uh, game of the week. Um, Jawan, we'll start with you on this one.
3: Um, I have two that are kind of obvious, so then I'll go with one that's not so obvious. Uh, okay. I kind of have uh, a pick and then a honorable mention. Uh, I'm gonna go Cavs versus Bucks um, as sure. my game of the week. Uh, I just felt as though if if that was a game that Bledsoe was playing in, that the Bucks definitely could have won that game. It was one of those things to where it was just like it was a it was a momentum uh, shift kind of game to where once Cavs kind of got a little bit of that momentum, Bucks were were, were there. The Cavs have just found a way to pull it out. I feel as though if Giannis had a little bit more help, like a Bledsoe, um, they definitely could have taken that game. I do feel as though Bucks aren't far off from being that team that can dethrone the Cavs. They've shown it. Um, and my honorable mention is going to go Knicks versus Pacers. Nick, I will mention that you did say that was going to be a huge game for you uh, as far as the Knicks. Uh, seeing how they uh how they played against the Pacers. They were actually yes. doing really well. And I don't I don't know how many games he's been back for, but Miles Turner coming back uh definitely uh on paper made it seem like it was gonna make things a lot more difficult for the Knicks. Uh, especially yeah. because uh they don't have anyone that could really stop the, the five position. Um and I'll say this, Joe, uh, man, you've mentioned it but I I not only feel like the city is starting to come back, uh, and basketball is a lot better when Celtics, Lakers, and Knicks are doing well, but I feel as though this Knicks team has grit, and they showed it tonight in the game against Orlando that they lost, but they had grit. Like Joel said, there's just too many turnovers and sloppy plays, but the grit is back, and that's why I have to uh, bring up that Pacers game as an honorable mention because there was just so much grit in that game, so much uh, competitiveness that they were like, we're not going to go out. Uh, we're not going to go out like suckers. We're, we're going to try to come back and win this game, and they definitely did.
1: Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, that's a very good honorable mention. Um, Joel, hopefully Jawan's honorable mention didn't steal your game of the week. <laughs> um, it did which, not. Uh, what, it, very, good. Uh, What's no, Jawan's honorable mention
2: is also my honorable mention. Right. My game of the week happened last night. <laughs> um it was it was Nick's Hornets in a game where I swear to God the Hornets could not miss from anywhere on the fucking court. Like they couldn't anywhere. <laughs> like anywhere and everywhere. They fucking would not miss the shot. It was ridiculous. And it was very frustrating and to the point where I I had to change the channel at one point. So I was like they just wouldn't it just was no, It was just frustrating. <laughs> like, right. So it got to the point where I was like, I don't know if we're, we're gonna make it out of this. Uh, I was I was kind of down. Third quarter was okay, and then it's just again fourth quarter, and they just locked it down. And it came down to the big boys, and KP finished, and of course Milikina closed it out again. Another game where he, he they let him in at the and he just he's such a good like you don't notice it. But he has to have – I, I got to check his stats, like, in terms of, like, his plus-minus because there's a reason he's in the game. He's, he's a good passer, and, of course, he's a great perimeter defender. And he plays well with um, KP. And KP was getting, like, bullied yesterday by Dwight Howard. But he put it to Dwight, too. Like, Dwight couldn't stay with him either. So it was, it was a fun matchup to watch. Uh, and it was – and I'm not going to lie, Malik Monk – was killing it last night. He put up, like, 21, another guy that did not want to fucking mix. But in the end, the Knicks clamped down, and they're they the ones that ended up winning that game. And it felt really good to watch. And even McDermott came out and had a good game. I think he had 20 points. Uh, it, was, it was such a good team win for the Knicks. that, that It just sucks that the last couple of games we've been down a lot in order to come back to have these dramatic wins where it's not just a win, it's a dramatic win. And that's why yeah. this was my game of the week. You know, if it was just an average game and we blew them out, It's like, obviously you're not going to put out a blowout. But if it's a game like the last couple games, it's just been insane. And it, uh, to me, I swear to God, if today KP played today, there's a good chance today would have been that type of game. So they, that that is uh, my game of the week, uh, Nick's Hornets.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh... – Anytime the Knicks play in a close game and win it, like throughout this whole season, I'm I'm gonna get uh, a Knicks game of the week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which hey, I can't I you can't will. I can't you fight you on it. I will. mean because cause I, I I mean I can't blame you on that pick. It was a, it was a great game. Um, in fact, I remember because um, obviously y'all know I just got a just got Porzingis on my fantasy squad. Made a trade um, to acquire him. Um, And I remember, like, checking in on that game. It was maybe third quarter or, like, halftime-ish, somewhere around Mm -hmm. there. And, like, I checked in, and I think the Knicks were down by, like, double digits. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, ah, well, at least Porzingis is playing well. Sorry, Joel and Juwan. And then I checked in, of course, you know, like an hour later. And I was like, oh, shit, they came back and won it. (laughs) Would you (laughs) look at that? Um, So, yeah it was it was interesting. Um, I, uh, I'm going to pick, uh, a, a, kind of a, I kind of a Homer pick, but not really. Um, my game of the week is, is Boston and Atlanta. Um, now if I was mm. a true, true Homer, I would, I would pick the, the Cleveland game, uh, cause the yeah, yeah. Hawks was <laughs> able to pull out the, pull out the W and that was a great game too. Um, but I mean, I just feel like uh, the as far as the implications uh, for the number one team in the East, um, Atlanta was coming off uh, a, a really impressive victory of Cleveland, and we we were just kind of rolling, and we looked really really good, um, especially early in that game. Um, I think we had at one point in the in the early um, or mid second quarter, we had like an eight point lead which going into halftime, it was, it was tied. Um, so, you know, it was, it was anybody's game. Um, and it just kind of continued that way. It was just one of those games that was just kind of a, a quality back-and-forth game the whole time. Like, no one got, like, a super huge lead um, for, for a very long period of time. Um, and then just going down the stretch, like, it was back-and-forth, back-and-forth, and, you know, Tyree just kind of took over that game. Um, we couldn't stop him. He he was just scoring at will. He ended up having thirty five points, um, I think seven assists, uh, and like um I think he shot over sixty percent from the field. Um so I mean he was just he literally um just the M V P of that game and it just the guy has just been balling um uh, for like the past maybe 2 3 days. Um you know he did have, he did only get 11 against Orlando but they still won the game, you know, decidedly. Um but yeah, I mean, he's 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 fitting well and and that game was I think a huge game for him. Um and honestly, I think it was uh an impressive showing for the Hawks too after after um you know, beating Cleveland and then coming back and playing uh Boston as tight as we did. Um I I really like the 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 way this lineup is is kind of taking shape love john Collins. he's uh, uh shared with you guys earlier he is uh has the highest player efficiency rating uh as of um yesterday um uh, or yeah yeah i guess as of as, as of last night's games um he has a higher player efficient highest player efficiency rating of any rookie so far this season um which, you know, I mean, it that it's just one stat. You know, I don't I don't put too much stock in any one stat, but that's still um pretty impressive. I'm I'm um I'm high on the kid. I think he's gonna be good. Um so yeah, uh, I, I feel like that was a just all around great game. Thoroughly enjoyed watching it. I wish we could have pulled it out, but um I also am very much looking forward to having a top three pick so I wasn't that upset about the loss. I'm just gonna be honest. Um, all right, guys, let's move on. We got about 15-ish minutes left. Let's move on. We got contenders or pretenders. Um, so let's just jump right into it. Mavericks, are they the worst team in the NBA this year? Their record certainly seems to uh, seems to point to that, but they did finally pull out their second win last night, I believe it was. Um, yeah. Yes. So I mean, they do have that going for them, I guess. Um, who, did, who did they play again? I can't remember who it was. It's
4: the a- Wizards.
1: That's right. They played the Wizards, so they didn't even play a shitty team. They beat a quality team. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I mean, do y'all think? Do y'all think when it's all said and done, Dallas could be the worst team in the NBA? Um, Juwan, or are they a pretender uh, as far as that, or are they a contender? For the worst record in the NBA.
3: Um, honestly, I'm looking at all these records. Uh, Atlanta's two and nine, Chicago's two and seven, Sacramento's two and eight, and they're two and ten. Uh, I gotta be honest with you. I kind of see Chicago, <laughs> ending up having the worst record uh, this season. Uh, I do feel as though the Mavericks, uh, just because they have so much talent. Uh, and a great coach. I feel as though they could be more respectable than being (laughs) the the worst team. They might be the second worst team, but I don't think they'll be the worst team in the NBA, unless they just want to tank it on. Then,
1: yeah, by all means. Yeah, and that could always happen. I mean, um, Mark Cuban has been on the record as saying, um, you know, they're they're rebuilding because they're in the West. And so, I mean, it's if that's kind of their mantra, then you know why not? Why not play as many young guys as you can, and and you know try to get them experience all the while losing some games and getting a high pick. Um, obviously, they're playing uh, they're playing Dennis Smith a lot of minutes, um, you know, early on this this season. Um, though you know, I can't really blame them for that because they don't really have a better option at point guard. Um, I mean, I like Yogi for Yogi Ferrell. I guess is how you pronounce it. Yeah, um, and JJ Bray yeah. is obviously a, a, a quality backup, um, but he's not really a starter. Um, Joel, same question to you.
2: Are they a contender, as in they'll be the worst? Yes. Uh, uh, I, <laughs> I, can't, I can't. I can't definitively say they'll be the worst team. <laughs> in the league, but like, I, they're but, not be a but,
1: good team like, at all. Well, and, and and that's that's what I mean. Like, do you think, do you think they legitimately, there's a legitimate shot that the Mavericks finish with the worst record in the NBA?
2: Yeah, I do think there's a chance, definitely, because I I really don't like them anymore. Like, I like them a lot more in the beginning of the season. <laughs> right now, they like I've lost any type of uh, attraction I had to that team. Every time they play four point guards in the rotation, it's just, it it's just the shit out of me. And like two of them are like under five, six foot, and it's like I don't, I don't know what you're doing. I don't really know what you're trying to do.
0: Uh, you don't want to
2: win. <laughs> so I mean, it is what it is. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like what who's, I, who's I see playing, so far. Come who's to, come, playing
1: the five when they run that lineup? Just curious.
2: Uh, it's between Dirk, uh, Nerlens Noel, and, or Dwight Powell, yeah. and sometime Measuring. So they play four centers. Sometimes I don't know. Fuck that team. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Um, I, I I think they're I think they are contenders for the worst record in the NBA, and mainly because of this, because they play in the West, and yeah. they play in a yeah. division with Houston um San Antonio, uh New Orleans and Memphis and Memphis has been kind of my big surprise of the season and they have to play those teams more than anybody else um yeah mm, that, they, I think they definitely are contenders <laughs> Uh, for the for the worst record in the NBA, which was, I, I would not have thought at the beginning of the season, but looking at mm-hmm. um, the division, the fact that they play in the West, the fact that they play in probably the toughest division, yeah, and not even probably, uh, undoubtedly the toughest division in the West, um, in, in all of the NBA, rather. Um, like, yeah, I mean, you just look at their schedule, I think, yeah, there's just so many games they could lose. and I mean, to start off the season with a loss to the Hawks, who are now um, you know, two and, what, what was it, ten to a, to a nine? Two and nine, I think. Um, like, yeah, that's just bad. <laughs> um, and granted, they were able to pull out a win against the Wizards, um, who I can only imagine were just kind of sleepwalking through that game because um, that's really the only legitimate excuse um, to lose to the Mavericks. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think – I, I think you have to consider them contenders to be the uh, the worst uh, team in the NBA, but I do think the Kings will give them a run for their money. I think the Hawks, the Bulls, mm. also will, you know, give them a run for their money. And I can only cross my fingers that the Hawks will. <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't care if I have the worst record. I just want, I just want a top three pick. I just that's all I want. I don't even have to be number one. Just give me a top three pick. I don't think the Hawks have ever had a number one pick. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think they're definitely in the mix for it. Um, all right, moving on contender or pretender, the Knicks making the playoffs. Um, I got a feeling, uh, that I, I know the answer to this question before I pose it, but without further ado, uh, Joel, are the Knicks contenders or pretenders to make the playoffs?
2: I'm going to go with a, a yes, Nick. I'm going to go with a yes. They're contenders. <laughs> as of as of right now, yes. Yeah. Surprise, surprise.
3: <laughs> what
2: makes that, what it, makes
3: that answer so hilarious is the question was, are they contenders or pretenders? And you're like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes what, Joel? I'm assuming yes, they are contenders.
2: I said contenders. I said, yes, they are contenders.
3: Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I must not have heard it. Um, I, I, w- I will say they are uh, contenders, but I will say looking at the standings in the East, what makes me a little nervous, Joel, is if you look at – they're at six right now. If you look at six through, let's see, one, two, nine, 10, 11, 12. 12, six through 12, right? The mm-hmm. records aren't that far off. <laughs> so no, not at all. If they went on like a four-game Olympic streak, we could be having a completely different uh, conversation oh, about yeah. uh, contenders yeah. or pretenders. So that's the, yeah, only, well, that's the only thing. But as long as they say competitive, week. right, exactly. But as long as they say competitive, there's a chance, most definitely, that we could be looking at uh, the Knicks as uh, a bona fide contender. But as of now, I'm saying contender because they've just been playing really well. But when you
2: look at that, right. it,
3: it looks like Knicks and Cleveland could easily switch spots
2: in the next week and a half. Yeah, yeah. So it, it can real quick. Them, Milwaukee, Miami, <laughs> like yeah. Indiana, Charlotte, any of them. <laughs> they could just come yeah. in yep. and take over. Miami, they not
1: I'm just, I'm telling you, Miami makes me in the playoffs. Um, but no, nah, but I mean, but but hey, like you, you do. I, I I'm gonna go ahead and say the Pretenders. I they got off, they've, they've gotten off to a really good start. Um, I really, really <laughs> like. I hey man, Presinius is gonna be the most improved player. Like barring any sort of you know unforeseen you know injury, which knock on wood. I hope you all heard that cuz I literally just knocked it. On yeah, one. I heard it. Um okay, I heard cool. I'm um, not but I heard it. But <laughs> but like no, nah, man. I mean, he's going to be the most improved player. Um he he just looks crazy good. Um I think Frank Nilikina is is coming along uh, honestly like almost a little a little better than I thought, and I think you made a good really good point earlier, Joel, that is and I don't know what it is either, but his plus minus has to be pretty good um i mean they they play him in pressure situations uh the team just seems to play better when he's on the floor um and that's that's awesome like I love it because you all both know how much um how highly uh you know outspoken I was about the guy um I think he's going to be a really, really, really good NBA player. Um, guy plays defense. He needs, still needs to work on his finishing around the rim. That's my biggest thing with him. Um, but he's 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 got a, a reasonable shooting touch. Um, he's a really good passer. Um, he's a great defender. He's got length. Um, he's super savvy and really smart. Um, and that's something that you don't yeah. often get with somebody as young as him. Um so he's I mean I think a passive he,
2: guy offensively, he's just passive. He doesn't like to score first. He just scores. Yeah, him.
1: well and that's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's that's something that he needs to work on and I think um interesting that you use that uh, specific um uh word to describe him because I mean I feel like that's the big knock on Lonzo ball so far this season is his passiveness. Um, and, and his lack of aggression, uh, but the big difference to I will... me between between Lonzo Ball and, and Frank Nelikina is defensively he is not passive; he is very no, right. aggressive defensively, all. and yeah. like that is something that like is just you you don't often see um, in 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 players that are that young. And I honestly, I mean, I can't really think of any. Particular rookie this season um, that I would say has been better defensively than Frank. I mean, can, wh- who would y'all throw out that you you can think of that's been better defensively Ooh. than Frank Milikina? I mean, I, I'm, yeah, I'm I am i I can't, I can't think Running down the list, I, yeah, I, I did not really think of any. Maybe De'Aaron. Fox. I, don't get to see I haven't seen. I haven't seen enough of he his hasn't. game. I haven't seen enough <laughs> Sacramento games to be he has um
3: frank has frank has this mixture uh he's very scrappy he's very aggressive uh defensively a lot of these other guys are just mm-hmm. looking to drop thirty to forty points a, points right. a game right. so it comes off a little differently uh I will say though tatum, but you can't really say Tatum is playing great defense because the team collectively is just playing great, great team defense. defense. So it's right, not right. an individual thing; it's just as a team they're playing great defense. Right. But if you wanted sure. to take a closer look at Jason Tatum, he's definitely up there for uh, well, one of the rookies that is playing really good defense, but not as well or as as consistently as Frank, I'd say. Sure, yeah, so
4: sure. Put
3: up um, but anyway, today,
2: so I'm very happy.
3: For yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I, I agree. Mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think they're, you know, to to kind of go back to my point, I think. Um, there there are just too many teams that are gonna be a little bit better. I mean, Washington, Indiana, Cleveland, Charlotte, Milwaukee, I think those are all teams that are gonna end up uh you know outperforming the Knicks throughout the course of the season. Um so I mean I, I gotta at this point I, I gotta say they're pretenders. Um, you know, if they keep winning, like Joel said, you know, ask me next week. I might change my mind. Um, but, uh, but as of now, I gotta, I gotta call him pretenders. All right. Last, last one. We got about four minutes left guys. Uh, Kyrie Irving for MVP. Now I made this, um, you know, almost specifically because of the, the performance they had against the Hawks. Um, and the fact that, man, the guy's just playing defense like he's never played in his career. And you know what, Juan, you brought up a good point with, with, um, Jason Tatum whoever plays on the Celtics ends up playing very good basketball. They end up playing like better at everything else that, you know, that they, you know, do on other teams. I mean, we're seeing it from Jay Crowder right now, not playing well with the Cavs. Um, we're seeing uh, Tyree Irving play great defense this year. Um do you think Kyrie Irving has a legit shot to be MVP? Is he a pretender or is he a contender? I'm going to say pretender. I, I just think there's too many players um, that are better than him as of right now um, that are going to to play consistently better than him. Um, they're going to put up their numbers throughout the course of the season. Um, so that is my pick. Uh, Joel, contender or pretender, Kyrie Irving for playoffs. I'm sorry
2: for MVP. Uh, the best player on the best team in the league right now, I got to go contender. I can't argue that. Those, that's just what it is. And right now he's playing really well. And that team's playing really well. And I want to shout out to the damn kid. Because uh, uh, Jalen Brown and uh, – uh, I'm sorry. What's his name again? Tatum? Brown and uh, – Jason, right? yeah. Tatum, Tatum, yeah. Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Those guys have stepped up because they needed to. And they wouldn't be where they were if they hit those guys and stuff. And I got to give credit to Al Horford because even Al Horford's come to play. So, And uh, I'm, I'm impressed with what I've seen so far. And, uh, yeah, definitely a contender,
1: at least right now he is. I hear you. Uh, Jawan, I'm assuming you're going to say contender.
3: <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, I'm the biggest Kyrie fan. But I'd even go as far as to say uh, I think it's a two-headed race as of now between Harden and, and Kyrie. Uh, What they look for when they vote is not only point, but they look at leading and winning. And right now those two guys are in point and leading and winning. Uh, I do believe Giannis should be in that conversation along with KP and LeBron. But if you ask me who the two-headed guys are, I think it's Harden and Kyrie Irving. So I'm going contender for Kyrie. You're
2: going to add Steph to that,
1: technically.
3: Yes, Steph. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, guys, another great show. Uh, We'll see you guys next time. We're we're cut short on time, so not a long exit. Um, But thank you for uh, another episode of Full Court Press. And as always, thanks for being with me, guys.
3: Uh, Peace. Peace.
1: Adios. Adios